This is a message from Jeremy Nelson, lead pastor of Iowa Falls Evangelical Free Church, Easter Sunday, April 12, 2020. Uh, but I'm so grateful for the opportunity to gather together in this way. I was longing for Easter. I look forward to Easter all year, being in here and hearing all of your voices proclaim the truth to one another that Christ is risen indeed. I look forward to the time when I can see your faces again. Uh, we'll probably do a quick behind-the-scenes video here tomorrow. So you see what it looks like in the sanctuary without you and kind of turning it into a, a bit more of a recording studio. I'll also let you see that uh, something new this week. There was a couple in our church uh, who came in, did a ton of work to get everybody's picture uh, and put your pictures in the chairs where you would normally sit, because you're all creatures of habit, all of us are, so they knew where we sat, and so in the spots where you normally sit is a picture, and so even though I'm preaching just to a very almost empty sanctuary right now, I see some of your faces in pictures, and I long for the day when I can see your real faces and our real bodies can be in this real place together. But that's not yet, uh, and so... Uh, from where you're at, I invite you to take a Bible, open it up to Matthew. Uh, Matthew's the first book in the New Testament. We're going to kind of hit a lot of the context before we get to Matthew 28 a little bit later. But let me just tell you a second this. Uh, I was running. It was last weekend. And last weekend, while I was running, I was having a bit of a pity party. My life really hasn't been that bad, uh, all of it, including the last few weeks. It's changed, but I'm not a guy who likes it when things don't go according to plan. I don't know how many of you are. If you make plans, you like to assume that whatever is going to happen is going to go according to our plans. And so I was reflecting while I was running about how many things were supposed to be happening that weren't happening anymore. Maybe you've thought about that. Maybe over the last weeks, you've also had a lot of spostas. That's, by the way, not a real word, but it's a word we all use. We should say, supposed to. But nobody says, I was supposed to. Everybody says, I was supposed to. So let me ask you this. What were you planning? What were you supposed to be doing over these last weeks when all of our plans got changed? I think of even today. Today, we were supposed to be gathering together for a worship service after having been served an Easter breakfast, which we do every year, served by the middle school and high school students. It was supposed to smell like sausage in here, and it doesn't smell like sausage. And maybe instead of this, you've settled for a bowl of cereal at home today. We were supposed to join our voices together in singing Instead, I got to listen to the worship team and try to keep my mouth shut so that you didn't hear my voice on the recording. And now instead of that, maybe the only voice you got to hear singing this morning was not 170 other voices around you, but just the voice of your tone-deaf husband. And so there are a lot of spostas even in a day like today. Maybe today is a day that you were supposed to get together with family supposed to get together for dinner and enjoy celebrating some time together as a family, but instead you're at home alone again. There's probably been a lot of spostas over these last weeks for you. Think about it for a moment. You were supposed to be on vacation. You plan to be wearing your swimming suit at this point, but instead you've had to settle for a trip to Walmart wearing a mask. 
You were supposed to be playing ball with your team, but all your practices and games have been canceled. You were supposed to be in school right now, but now you're stuck at home trying to convince mom and dad that there's more than one way to do a math problem. You were supposed to be having surgery or another doctor appointment, but now that's been canceled or postponed and you've been, you've been stuck at home toughing it out on your own. You were supposed to be making regular visits to somebody that you love living in a care facility, but you're having to rely totally on phone calls and that's just not the same. Maybe you were supposed to go to a funeral to comfort a grieving friend, but that memorial service has had to be pushed off to some date yet to be determined. Maybe you're supposed to be working at your job, but work doesn't look the same anymore if you're still doing it. You were supposed to just go to the store and pick up what was needed, but now when you go, you're not even sure if it's going to be there. You were supposed to be busy lots of nights, and now there is an advantage. You're together at home with your family maybe a lot more, or maybe you're home alone a lot more. Or maybe you're home with your family and increased family time has meant increased family tension. We were supposed to be with other people, talking, shaking hands, hugging, smiling, but instead we're socially isolated from one another in our own homes much of the time. So we could be on this day thinking a lot of the spostas. And as I was thinking about that while I was running, I started thinking about the fact that Jesus' disciples, on this week that we're remembering of Jesus' death and resurrection, they, they might have been thinking of all sorts of spostas. For example, Jesus, Jesus was supposed to be their master, right? But what's he now doing washing their feet like he's some lowly servant. No, that's not right, is it? According to the disciples, they would have thought maybe Jesus was supposed to be their rabbi, right? Their friend. They had so much more to learn, but now one of their own has betrayed him and he's been arrested. No. Jesus was supposed to be the judge of all humankind, but now he's being sentenced to death by a mere governor. No. Jesus was supposed to be honored as God, but they have stripped him, mocked him, beaten him, and put a crown of thorns on his head. No, it's not supposed to be this way, the disciples must have thought. Jesus was supposed to be the king who would reign forever on the throne of King David. But now, he's headed to his death. Jesus was supposed to carry his people safely into God's presence. But now Jesus is carrying his own cross. Jesus was supposed to be lifted up as the King of Kings. But now he's been stripped and lifted up on a cross to hang until he bleeds out or suffocates. No, this doesn't seem right. This isn't the way it was supposed to happen. Jesus was supposed to be seen and hailed by all as Lord, but now they're taking his body off of a cross and laying it in a tomb, and a stone is going over the front. No, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Was it supposed to be like this? It can't have been. It's not supposed to be like this, the disciples must have thought. Or, or is it? What if this is what was 
supposed to happen all along. What if? What if the present darkness is going to be followed by something way better? Today, we're going to look at Matthew 28, 1 through 10, where something way better happens. According to the disciples, even though Jesus had reminded them and told them time and time again that he had come to die and after that he would be raised, they were grieving. And then we read this account. We're going to look at the one from Matthew's Gospel today. So if you have a Bible with you, you can open it up to Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to pray, and then we'll read Scripture. Let's pray. Oh God, it is so easy for me and for us to just regret all the things that were supposed to have been happening right now. Maybe even now, our minds, we're we're supposed to be uh, celebrating Easter, but our minds wandering in some other spot. We're distracted, but God, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, even now, you would help us to get focused. We know what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to hear your word. And we trust that your spirit would be working through your word to build up your church for your glory. I pray that you would do that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's read of the good news from Matthew chapter 28. And if you're able to, what we do in our church when we read the scripture passage for the day we stand. And so, in your living room, if you're able to, would you stand as we read Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. God's word says this, Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, There was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow, and for fear of him the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said, Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Amen. You can be seated if you stood up. Matthew chapter 28, 1 through 10, tells us that even though this is maybe not what the disciples had planned for this week, what was actually happening was way better. Yes, way better for them, and as I'll show at the end, way better for us as well. Let's take a look in detail at Matthew 28, 1-10, as we look at the resurrection of Jesus. It begins with what the women who went to the tomb expected to see. Now, if you had read back a little bit in Matthew chapter 27, you would see that these women had actually been there when Jesus' body was laid in the tomb. 
and a stone was rolled in front of the tomb. Subsequently, uh, the Romans, in order to make sure that no conspiracy would get out, made sure they would seal that stone and then bring guards there to guard it. So that's the setting. And now it is the first day of the week, dawn, and it's Sunday morning. It's the third day. And Mary Magdalene, it says, and the other Mary, it says, went to see the tomb. See, that's what they expected to go see. What they went to see was they went to see the tomb. Of course, if you had seen a tomb on Friday and you went back to that same tomb on Sunday, you would expect that you would see the exact same thing that you saw. Maybe the only addition would be that the tomb, uh, the stone has now been sealed and the guards are now there. But that's not what these women actually saw. What did they see? We'll get to that, but first, verse 2, Matthew tells us what they felt. What did they feel? They felt a great earthquake. Now, whether that was just an earthquake confined to that area, or if it had spread beyond that, we can't say, but they felt in that spot a great earthquake. Now, what would cause an earthquake? Uh, Shifting of tectonic plates or something like that is normally what we would say, but that's not what caused it in this case. Here's what caused what felt like a great earthquake to them. Listen to what it says in verse 2. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. It doesn't matter that the stone had been sealed. The angel comes, descends from heaven, rolls back the stone and sits right on that very stone. You want to know what this might have looked like? Matthew tells us his appearance was like lightning. His clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Remember, these Roman soldiers, trained in all sorts of scary kind of military situations, now trembling as they see an angel of the Lord descending, rolling aside the stone and sitting on it. They tremble and became like dead men. So this is what the women actually saw. Probably not what they expected to see as they visited the tomb of Jesus early on Sunday morning. This is what they saw. This is what they felt. And then Matthew tells us what they heard. Verse 5. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. Angels always say that, it seems, when they come, because the reaction of people, which is my reaction as well, is to be afraid. Interesting, isn't it, that these two women stay standing while the Roman soldiers fell down trembling as though they were dead. These women, though, listen to what the angel says. The angel says, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. The truth is, this was supposed to happen. Jesus was supposed to be crucified. They came to seek Jesus, who had been crucified. More on that in a little bit. But then I love verse 6. Listen to the gospel proclaimed by this angel. The angel comes and says in verse 6, He is not here, for he has risen. And I think this next phrase is key. As he said. He's not here. You're not going to, you can go in the tomb and look to see where his body lay. It's not in there because why? He has risen. And in this key phrase, as he said. You see, this was supposed to happen. Jesus had told this to his disciples. 
God had planned this from all of eternity, that Jesus would be crucified and that Jesus would be raised from the dead. And so the angel gets to tell these women, he is not here, for he has risen as he said, come see the place where he lay. Again, more on that as he said part later. The instruction continues from the angel, tells them to go quickly and tell. So they have now seen, now they are to go tell. They have a message uh, to give to the disciples that Jesus has risen from the dead. What a good message to share. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. So the women follow the instructions of the angel. We read in verse 8 this. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, listen to this, Jesus met them and said, greetings. <laughs> These women who for two days now had been mourning his death, who had watched his, cru his gruesome crucifixion, who had seen his body be laid in the tomb, now Jesus meets them on the way and says to them, Greetings. Oh, what would it have been like to hear that voice again? And I love that what Jesus says is simply, greetings. What would you do? How did these women respond? Look at what it says. This is beautiful. The rest of verse 9. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. There's no better response. These women knew exactly what to do. When they came face to face, hearing the voice of their Creator, of their Savior, of their Lord, of the risen King, what do they do? They fall down at His feet and they worship Him. They ascribe to Him great worth and honor and glory because He deserves it. They came up and took hold of His feet and worshipped Him. This is what the women did. This is how they responded. And again, Jesus gives a similar instruction to that of the angels. He tells them, now your job, having seen me, having worshipped me, now you go and you tell. Do not be afraid, Jesus says. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. After a week that ended with great darkness, when nothing seemed to go the way it was supposed to go, it all turned out way better. Jesus had risen from the dead. This is good news. And Christians around the world have been celebrating this good news. Saints around the throne have been worshiping Jesus for century after century. But is this good news for us? How is this good news for us? In a day when everything is strange because of a global pandemic, us now, in the spring of 2020, is this good news for us? Why does this reality matter for us? Well, the truth is, this is also way better for us. The death and resurrection of Jesus happened exactly according to God's plan. This is the way it was supposed to be. And this is good news for us. 
Let me just show you quickly that this was supposed to happen. Our church has been going through the book of Acts together on Sunday morning. Not too long ago, we were in Acts chapter 2. Peter's preaching the first sermon, really, on the day of Pentecost. And Peter, Peter says this. In Acts 2.23, it's recorded. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. This crucifixion, this the most evil act in all of human history, this was supposed to happen. The death of Jesus was always God's plan. It was supposed to happen. It happened according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. That's Acts 2.23. We're going to come back to Acts 2.24 here in just a moment. But I want to talk for just a moment of why it's good news for us that Jesus died. Not only was this supposed to happen, but this is also good news for us. If you have your Bible with you, you could turn to Romans chapter 5. I'll try to get that up on the screen. Oh, uh, that's not working right now. So, uh, Pastor Stan, if you, could, uh, if you could just advance to the next slide there on the screen by pushing the arrow there. But if you look at Romans chapter 5, we're going to just look at one verse there. In fact, just one part of one verse. That is Romans chapter 5, verse 10. We're going to look at the rest of it here in a moment. Why does the death of Jesus matter for us? Listen to what it says in Romans 5.10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God... By the death of his son. We were created for relationship with God. That we might forever submit to him and worship him. But we are also, the Bible tells us, sinners by nature and by choice. What we choose to do instead of worshiping God is we choose to rebel against him. This makes us enemies of God. We are not living on our own in a right relationship with God. But something needed to happen in order that sinners like us, enemies of God, might be redeemed and reconciled to have a right relationship with God. What is that according to Romans chapter 5 verse 10? It is, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. This was not only supposed to happen, this was supposed to happen because it was necessary. For sinners like us to be reconciled to God, Jesus needed to die. Not only that, the, the resurrection of Jesus is good news. The resurrection of Jesus was also supposed to happen. So in your Bible, back in Acts chapter 2, I read verse 23. Again, according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, Jesus was crucified. But the very next verse tells us this, Acts 2 verse 24. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Praise God. God had this plan all along. He would raise Jesus up. It was not possible for death to hold him, but Jesus would be raised up with victory over sin and death, death which could not hold him. This is the good news. This was supposed to happen. 
And we needed it to happen. Why did we need it to happen? Again, I know we keep slipping back and forth between Acts and Romans. But Romans chapter 5, let me finish that verse. Romans chapter 5, verse 10, the rest of that verse says this. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. Or if you went back just one chapter, just a few verses in Romans, to Romans chapter 4, you would read these verses, 24 and 25. Romans 4, 24 and 25 say this, It will be counted to us, that is righteousness, will be counted to us, we're not righteous, but it's going to be counted to us. How does that happen? Us who believe in Him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. The way that we sinful people can stand before God justified or declared righteous comes from the death and resurrection of Jesus. So, this is good news. In a time where most of the news we hear is sort of discouraging, Didn't you need to hear this good news today? That Jesus died and rose again, according to God's plan, so that sinful enemies of God like you and I could be justified and reconciled to God, living with the sure hope of eternal life and no longer fearing death. This is good news that I needed to proclaim today and that I think we all need to hear today. So what do we do with that? When we hear other news, we want to respond in some way. We hear the news of what's happening with the virus, and so we want to respond. We make a mask. We do this as we go out in public. What do we, he- what do, we do when we hear this good news? Three things, and I'll close with these. Number one, when you hear this good news, I encourage you to believe it. To believe the good news that the death and resurrection of Jesus were necessary to reconcile you to God. I have no doubt in my mind that one of the reasons that all of this is taking place right now is that it is causing some of us who are maybe living as though we were in control. We need to be reminded that we're not. Some of us who have not had to really deal with the reality of wondering when we might die or how we might die are now forced to think about this. Maybe you've thought about this more lately. When am I going to die? How might I die? And I have no doubt that part of God's purpose in all of this is to help us to think of these things. That the only way that we can face death without fear, but with the real hope of eternal life, the real hope that we one day will have a resurrected body, is based in the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And so I encourage you today, Believe the good news about Jesus. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Let's turn a couple of pages. Here's what it says. Very simple verse. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Do you trust Jesus as Lord and Savior? I encourage you to do that today. If you believe that truth, then the second thing that comes out of that for us is that 
what we ought to do is worship Jesus. When we come to recognize the steep price that was paid for our sins, that we might be reconciled to God, we ought to respond like the women that came to the empty tomb that day responded. When they saw Jesus, what was their response? They fell at His feet and worshipped Him. That they would recognize Him for who He really is. And this ought to be how we respond as well. Recognizing Jesus for who He really is. Giving Him our lives. Saying, God, take me, use me, take the trials of these days to burn away all the empty things that I was putting my hope in that are worthless compared to you. Paul says in Philippians 3, I consider everything nothing compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Do you worship Jesus as Lord? And then the final thing. Final thing I would tell you, if you believe this truth, if you worship Jesus, then we need to be people who tell this truth. The women who fell at the feet of King Jesus had a a message to share. They were to go and to tell others that Jesus had risen. And those disciples who, in the midst of this week, when they thought things aren't going the way they're supposed to go, what did they do? They all ran away. These women stuck with Jesus. Many of the disciples ran, fleeing for their lives. We can read about it in Mark chapter 14, verse 50. But we're studying, like I said, the book of Acts together as a church now. And now in the book of Acts, all of a sudden we see these men have been transformed. These men who were scared of death and ran from it are now willingly being punished for proclaiming the good news. Why is it? Because they saw Jesus risen from the dead. When we know that the one to whom we are united by faith, Jesus, when we know that death could not hold him, but he was raised to new life in a new resurrection body, we who are united with him by faith will also have that same hope. And so we, with greater boldness, can go out like the disciples went out and tell to tell the good news of Jesus, crucified and risen from the dead. In these days where a lot of people are asking a lot of important questions, Christians, we need to be ready to give them an answer. See, the stone is rolled away. Behold the empty tomb. Hallelujah. God be praised. He is risen from the grave. Let's pray. Oh, Father, what good news. It's good to celebrate this news. We would love to celebrate it together, but it's been good to celebrate it wherever we are. We thank you that it's news that's been celebrated for centuries by people all around the globe, by people even now gathered around the throne of the Lamb who was slain and who was raised again and ascended into heaven, seated on the throne. And we know that he's going to come again, and I pray that we would be people who are ready that maybe people even listening to this who are just hearing the good news for the first time, or maybe they've heard the good news, but they never knew how it applied to them. They never knew that they were a sinner who needed a Savior, that they never knew that they were in reality worshiping themselves and needed to instead submit themselves to Jesus. God, I pray that today would be the day where new life would come to them. And for all of us who trust in Jesus, God, would you motivate us to worship you, to ascribe greater worth to you than to anyone or anything else, and that you also would help us and empower us by your Holy Spirit to be faithful proclaimers of God's word. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Iowa Falls Evangelical Free Church. You can find more information about our church on our website at www.ifefree.org.